Well, let's get back to the Cullen Report released today, all 1,800 pages of it, looking into money laundering in BC. It was certainly a very interesting and very detailed document, the culmination of testimony from 199 witnesses over 133 hearing days, 1,000 exhibits received. Um, and who was to blame for turning a blind eye, or at least willful blindness, as my next guest might say, um, for the fact that this was allowed to continue, that it went on unabated for so long? He doesn't, uh, Justice Cullen doesn't mention how much money he thinks was laundered, but he says it was a lot. And who was to blame? Well, just about everybody, police, politicians, and regulators, uh, turning a blind eye in many ways, or couldn't, wouldn't, or didn't uh, step in to stop this. He did say there was no evidence of corruption, nonetheless, but he's highly critical of the RCMP, of the former BC Liberal government in this province. He took uh, the BC Lottery Corporation to task. He says FinTrac, uh, that's the federal government agency that identifies money laundering threats. It was, quote, ineffective. Uh, again, highly critical of the RCMP, saying a lack of attention to money laundering allowed unchecked growth of the crime since 2012. Here is Justice Cullen about his report. For too long, money laundering has been kept on the sidelines for police, for law enforcement, for regulators, and for governments. Money laundering activity has been and remains to be poorly understood, even by some of the public bodies that need to address it. And money laundering has rarely been given priority. Uh, too often, it has been largely ignored. Justice Cullen there, uh, essentially detailing the plot to his very, very extensive 1,800-word report. Uh, BC's Attorney General David Eby says it's up to British Columbians and former provincial Liberal cabinet ministers to ask themselves if that's a sufficient measure of considering gov government in action, in other words, no corruption. Uh, but uh, it was linked to a decade of money laundering that hit multiple sectors, including real estate. Here's David Eby. And here's in terms of the say. definition of uh, their own personal gain, as uh, being the measure of whether or not they did their jobs. I'll leave that to them to decide and British Columbians to decide. But I know for myself, I wouldn't be satisfied with the commissioner uh, saying, well, at least he wasn't corrupt. I hold myself to a higher standard and I hope all uh, politicians do. Well, the standard David Eby will be held to now is just what he does with this extensive report and its 101 recommendations. Uh, he says he will look at it. Uh, he will act in uh, conjunct with some other stuff that's already going on over real estate and so forth. He's also looking to the federal government for more help because there was a lot of criticism of uh, federal government uh, efforts against money laundering in that report today. Much of what we're seeing today wasn't part sparked by the very hard work of investigative journalist and author Sam Cooper. And joining me now is Sam Cooper, Global News investigative reporter and author of the bestseller, Willful Blindness, How a Network of Narcos, Tycoons, and CCP Agents Infiltrated the West. Sam, I know you've had a very busy day. I appreciate your time again tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. So just for you, I mean, you've worked so hard on this file for so long. What was it like to step into that lockup today and see that 1,800-page report land in front of you, detailing a lot of work that you've already looked into? Well, uh, you know, we, we had to work uh, very fast, and uh, we, we, uh, I have to be up front. I couldn't get through the, the full 1,800 pages, but I, I had some idea of where I needed to look, and you know, as you've said, uh, everyone came in for uh, some pretty harsh criticism from Commissioner Cullen. And yet I think uh, a lot of people, including reporters that look very deeply into the issue, are, are scratching their heads when, when you can say that uh, 
We heard of 1.2 billion in large cash transactions flowed into BC casinos in 2014, one year. That, I have to say it again, that's a staggering figure, 1.2 billion in cash. And Commissioner Cullen said many. Uh, we, it seems most of those transactions could be uh, fulfilling the indicators for criminal cash, uh, bundles, bricks of cash coming in late to the casinos at night, duffel bags. And yet, uh, again, from 2008, high officials warned that this, these types of transactions were ramping up and essentially it continued and grew exponentially unabated. So people are asking, how is that, you know, not some form of systemic or systematic corruption occurring? Was there personal gain, uh, you know, from politicians? That is very hard to prove. And in fact, you know, I would say uh, straight out, uh, I heard from sources that had some very serious direct allegations that I don't believe were aired in the commission. So it would be hard to prove things that never came out as allegations. But uh, when we take everything into account, I do believe it was a firm indictment against uh, federal agencies that, as you said, uh, allowed this to occur. FinTrack really got a, a huge sting from the commissioner who said they're, they're, they collect so much information at such high cost, and he basically just called it a waste that leads to no enforcement. And that would accord with a lot of my findings. Canadian uh, financial intelligence is very, we know so much about uh, indeed lawyers that I have found are, are accused of direct money laundering, and yet uh, these people are never prosecuted in Canada. So that's a big gap, and I'm not sure that Commissioner Cullen's recommendations uh, could uh, address the problem. If, if he, he, he admitted he can't really tell the federal agencies what to do, but his answer was to say, uh, we need a BC anti-money laundering agency to step in and fill the gap. And uh, another powerful recommendation was uh, an independent anti-money laundering commissioner of the legislature that would be accountable to the B.C. public and and not reporting essentially to uh, the B.C. government or, or any ministers. They want someone in government to pay much, as much attention to this as you have for the last several several years. Um, and I do highly recommend willful blindness over trying to wade through an 1,800-page report as detailed and as, as well put together as the Cullen Report is. Um, one of the things that really sparked my interest today was the fact that for a long time, what had been talked about publicly, at least, was the impact on real estate in the Lower Mainland. That was really, I wouldn't call it the selling point, but when John Horgan launched this inquiry back in uh, 2019, that was really one of the things he talked about, was it had driven up property prices to the detriment of the average British Columbian. And today, I really didn't get the impression that that's what Justice Cullen had found. And I was trying to mince through the words he was using, uh, and that's certainly something you've talked about as well. But were you surprised at all about how that was worded, that essentially he said it was and if there was a problem with housing affordability in BC, it wasn't down to money laundering. And it certainly wasn't down to proceeds of crime. I was, you know, uh, that's a great question because, uh, you know, I have looked deeply into the issue and I've talked to sources on the inside that from the start were telling me this, look, they told me to look into uh, casinos because I was looking into real estate first. And they said, you need to understand that the casinos is where you can directly see the criminal activity, but the casinos are the proverbial tip of the iceberg of the real estate, which is directly connected to this Vancouver model. And I, I just have to say bluntly, I believe the commission and the com commissioner Cohen totally missed uh, probing any real deep evidence on the real estate file. Anyone that watched 
watched the inquiries over the past, you know, over two years, saw this was mostly about casino activity that in some sense was already pretty uh, a little bit understood because we saw those videos of uh, bags of cash coming into the casinos you could not ignore that so they got to the bottom of of those issues they they scaled it out they got data as i just mentioned 1.2 billion cash large cash large cash transactions in in 2014 staggering but let's extrapolate uh, i'm saying that the the, the real estate developers that are involved in the Vancouver model, a lot of them originate with Hong Kong money. A lot of them have been developing in Vancouver for many, many years, and that was not touched upon by Commissioner Cullen. So I really believe that it, it, it was pretty baseless for him to assert that uh, uh, affordability isn't impacted by money laundering uh, because he didn't really look into it, I'm sorry to say. I just got the impression that the recommendations were very well thought out, but a lot of the evidence that was used to get there was was somehow avoiding some of the elephants in the room that you point out in your book, trying to step sidestep around certain issues that are very sensitive politically, uh, issues that are sensitive in many different ways. Uh, that he that basically the recommendations looked like they were well thought out, but how we got there uh, didn't feel like he too was telling the whole story. And I certainly have not read the whole eighteen hundred pages either. I think you're right. You know, as you say in your intro, we're just talking here and we're we're thinking as we're talking. But I do think you're onto something there. Look, uh, in an off the record sort of not for attribution session that wasn't broadcast, I asked uh, Commission Council, did you get to the bottom of some very concerning evidence that B.C. law offices appeared to be used directly in transnational crime schemes to the extent where we there's evidence uh, that that, uh, you know, one of the loan sharks at the center of this very inquiry was sitting in a law office extorting or allegedly extorting real estate transaction loans from people with very serious threats right in front of a, a B.C. lawyer. And uh, I don't believe uh, that's just one law office. Uh, I, I won't name names here, but look, uh, I, I have evidence that it's not one BC law office or lawyer involved in facilitating transnational crime. And I do believe that that gets to your point that some sensitive areas were not really touched and probed. Big five Canadian banks would be another one. Of course, we've, we've talked about politicians that, you know, they're, we did find fault for inaction, but uh, apparently no evidence of corruption. And I, again, I'll just, uh, I'll say it again. I think your instinct is right that some sensitive areas were not really probed. Some high-level uh, driving force is- issues like developers were not really touched. And some people, I even heard it among the reporters today, you know, uh, they went to a certain level uh, in this report. They went certainly a lot farther than the Peter German independent report, but it seems that they didn't touch certain areas. I'm speaking with Sam Cooper. He's a global news investigative reporter, author of the bestseller Willful Blindness, which is really all about money laundering, how a network of narcos, tycoons, and CCP agents infiltrated the West. When we come back, just a bit more about Sam's journey, because a lot of the work that he did early on is how we got here today. I'm just curious to find out about how you felt about the day, just you, without going into all the, all that we found out today. We'll get to that after this. 
Well, it's great to have Sam Cooper here on this day. He's a global news investigative reporter, author of the bestseller, Willful Blindness, How a Network of Narcos, Tycoons, and CCP Agents Infiltrated the West, all about money laundering. And of course, uh, today we had an 1,800-page commission report uh, from Justice Cullen on the very same issue. And we talked a bit before just about the report itself. Sam, this is sort of a half hour we talked to journalists about their work as well. I, I'm just thinking back to when you first started off on this story, working here in Vancouver, well, working in Vancouver, I, I can't imagine you would have ever thought that we would land here today with a Cullen Commission, a best-selling book. Uh, you just kept pulling at the threads, right? What about the story so fascinated you? Um, I, I've talked a few times. Like a lot of people of my generation, uh, I have to admit, I was sort of a you know, a young family man. Uh, we we started a family with uh, uh, my wife, who I, I met in Asia. We, we moved here, and we both started you know, off with pretty good jobs after, you know, uh, graduating from good schools and working our way up, but we would, we just weren't getting anywhere. And, uh, you know, I was in the position where uh, I could investigate things. I started as a city hall reporter and I quickly realized that real estate development seemed to be a major driver of, uh, the politics and the money in the city. I started to look into, just the simple question, why do real estate prices not accord to local incomes? And it started to get into areas that some would say are sensitive and some would say that some people want them to stay sensitive. And this quickly led to who are these, you know, developers that won't share their names. They say they're, you know, they're uh, a group of developers from another country, but we won't give you a, a local reporter any information. And uh, I started to do these stories, you know, trying to profile people like who's making the big land assemblies and uh, could they be connected? to corruption proceeds that don't originate in Canada. And that quickly led to the, you know, the, the insight that a lot of people could see with their, their eyes that there is a lot of foreign money pumping up uh, Vancouver real estate. People started reaching out to me from inside government agencies saying, look, that person that you just, you know, the big mystery around that name you named, can I tell you that this is my casino money laundering file and there's more to the story? And that is the point where I, I went. I, I jumped from okay, we have this. We everyone everyone understands. There's a big capital flight from China and Hong Kong issue. There's a big sort of corruption story reported from inside China itself. We know that because they say they're cracking down uh, on on people that flee abroad, and many of them are ending up in cities like Vancouver. I then learned that there's this whole underground banking system that's facilitating all of this cash that's coming into major developments, and that is what came to be known as the Vancouver model. Uh, a professor sort of uh, uh, followed some of my reports and named it that, and then this, once that name, the Vancouver model, becomes a label, that the, the snowball really starts rolling downhill, and I think as... Others uh, jump onto the story and do great work. That is what leads to the inquiry, along with you know some, some some big reports from my colleague John Hua and others that we worked on together to find you know find whistleblowers that were saying this new phenomenon is not new. We were reporting this back in the late 90s about our concerns that transnational gangsters had taken over our casino. They were our new bosses. We we were trying to report to the government that we feel we're working for uh, uh, foreign gangsters and no one's listening to us. 
so those are some of the threads I pulled on. And, and you're right. You know, once you start pulling, uh, suddenly now, you know, international intelligence and law enforcement sources are getting in touch and, and saying things like what you're saying about a foreign government being, you know, connected to some of these gangs. We've been seeing that and we want to hear more from you and your reports. And that's just how it works. It's, it's, it's fascinating how, how, how you've come to hear from there over the years, starting off at City Hall. It is a, a remarkable story. Do you feel like with this commission report out today, do you feel like the needle has changed, has shifted at all? I heard you mentioned earlier today that it used to sort of flutter in the red and now maybe it's moving back towards the middle a little bit. Uh, do you feel any that you've, your work has made a difference and maybe we're going to see uh, some change here? Uh, I do. I mean, uh, as always, the devil will be in the details. And uh, I think myself and a, a number of my colleagues today are, are sort of almost struggling with the feeling that a lot was uh, asserted today by Commissioner Cohen. He found that senior elected officials were aware for years of concerns of large scale money laundering and they failed to act. He did not. He said he, there wasn't corruption. So uh, some of us are, again, sort of butting our heads against that. You know, is that the right finding? But I do believe it's a very significant finding to say senior elected officials for some reason failed to act while this cash grew to, in the order of over a billion per year in suspected, you know, suspicious transactions. That's just I can't get over that figure. And I learned that today. <laughs> Uh, so something, a lot, a lot was asserted in evidence. And what I really want to say is that we have 70,000 pages of records. And with all respect to Commissioner Cullen, those records were came to light due to the mandate from the provincial government. And they are there for anyone to search now. And I believe this will lead to uh, further investigations, further investigative reports. And they're being studied in Ottawa. There's already an MP or two talking about the need for a national inquiry. So uh, a lot was accomplished. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm still processing, as you can imagine, and, and still I, I have, I've got probably about, you know, 1600 pages to read still. But <laughs> definitely, you know, in, in, in three years, a great deal was learned that will change the province of BC and, and indeed could change the, the country of Canada. Sam Cooper, uh, great work. Thank you so much uh, for making, I suppose, us the last interview of the night. I know you've been doing a lot of talking today and a lot of reading. I'll let you get to that report and look forward to seeing uh, where you go with this next. Thanks again.